0: welcome to another the official podcast of
1: the the leaky cauldron the leaky cauldron the leaky cauldron do you hear that urn the leaky cauldron
2: just go you're wasting time
3: Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue.
0: With only 24 weeks left until Voldemort kicks the bucket. Woohoo! Oh, going, is down. Pottercast. going down. Seventy-five. My okay, you guys don't even let me tell people where they are before okay, you start sorry, going off. Sorry. Anyway. They don't need to know where they're at. <laughs> they don't need to know. Yeah. This is Potter 75. Welcome. I'm Melissa. I'm with John and Sue, and we have the first of a whole new era of Potter shows as we count down to the end.
3: <laughs> the better, better.
4: end of
1: Aww. Wow.
4: <laughs> Melissa, that was impressive. Yeah. You hit that level. That was good. So usually it's my, me. My, it's, my, it's my Oscar
0: voice. It's my, you like me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we, it's, it's, a, it's a whole new, new time in Harry Potter fandom, and it's going to be followed with some amazing things going on here at Pottercast. Mm-hmm. In this show, we have a canon conundrum. It's not about anything that intense, but we're going to talk kidding? about... Well, you know, it's one of those things that you don't realize is a big thing until you start talking about it. Mm-hmm. In book six, why Harry was invited to his sessions with Dumbledore by, from people who came up to him with notes of all the ways to to invite Harry. Um, Very great school. When you think about it, when you think about it, there are, it's there's a lot of weird things about those those um, that note passing. So we'll discuss that in canon conundrums. Our fan interview stars the real stars. Powdercast, guys. The real... Yes. The real...
3: The other trio.
0: The other trio. The other MJS. Mike, Jeff, and Steed. Not Melissa, John, and Sue. They're going to talk... Uh, tell all our dirty secrets about what you don't hear <gasps> in the show. No. <laughs> I know. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm terrified. Um, we also have a lot of news around the new announcement of the publication date july 21st Ooh. the last the last harry potter book but before we do anything else we have to hear from our lovely friends at borders today's podcast is brought to you by borders harry potter and the deathly hallows comes out on july 21st reserve your copy today for 40 percent off by clicking on the banner at the top of pottercast.com or just pick it up in person you can visit borderstores.com to locate the Borders store nearest you Ooh. time for bookstore planning guys oh man where are you gonna be July 21st hmm,
3: hmm. I don't I'm thinking I'm gonna get my uh, book at Food Town what actually
0: alright anyway um, don't forget vote for us at Podcast Alley also vote for us on or do the dig dig.com thing. Um, it's the new thing. There's a link in the show notes. We're going to be at Phoenix Rising the Harry Potter Convention in New Orleans on May 17th to 20th. Right. It is the last Harry Potter convention that doesn't include a release of a Harry Potter book. Yes. So that's it, should true. Be, it, it should be it should be exciting or rather before the release of a Harry Potter book. Right. Um, the, our live podcast is May 17th. You can go to the phoenixrises.org to register. If you register, you automatically get a ticket to the to the podcast. Um, and that is about it for the moment so why don't we go to
4: sue and have her do some news oh i love those news well it's hard to imagine a bigger piece of information than the following author jk rowling has announced that harry potter and the deathly hallows will be released on july 21st 2007 According to press releases from both the U.S. and U.K. publishers, the novel will be released in English-speaking countries everywhere at midnight on July 21st. This is, in fact, eight days after the film Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is due to be released, so this will make for an interesting and exciting summer for Potter fans everywhere, to say the least. Scholastic has announced that Mary Graham Prey will be back to do the illustrations for this new book, and there will also be a deluxe edition available as well. The UK publishers Bloomsbury announced that there will be both an adult and children's edition of the book released on July 21st, along with a special gift edition. And for the first time, the audiobook, narrated by Stephen Fry, will be released that very same day as well. With the announcement, many of the retailers, of course, began accepting pre-orders for the book, and the demand pushed the book to the top of the bestseller charts for Amazon.com, with sales up over 500% compared to the last time with the first week pre-orders for Half-Blood Prince. Wow. Well, we have a fun-related story for you about how Joe finished the novel... Workers at the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh, Scotland, found a statue with the words written on it. J.K. Rowling finished writing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in this room, 652, on January 11, 2007. This has been confirmed to Leaky as being true. It's true. Cool. And you can see a photo of this inscription on our galleries. The book has since been turned into the publishers, and Joe is editing the book. Well, as if this weren't enough, there was a bit of a firestorm over some revealing and stunning new photos of actor Dan Radcliffe promoting his upcoming appearance in the play Equus later this month. Dan has since given a brand new interview where he talks about these photos and he said he is comfortable with the nudity in this play as it is essential to this very dark drama about a disturbed young man. You can see these photos as well as read all of Dan's candid and interesting comments regarding the photos and much more on our website. Finally, the Wizarding Rock community has come together under the leadership of Harry and the Potters to launch a Wizard EP of the Month Club, where with your paid membership you will get 12 exclusive CDs featuring music from some of the great wizard rock groups out there, as well as help provide books to those most in need. All proceeds from this event will benefit charity, and for more you can click on our website. Speaking of the Leaky Cauldron, we do have complete coverage of all things Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, including a new countdown clock and much more, so be sure to click on leakynews.com. And we will have all the news and information regarding what will surely be an amazing next six months for Harry Potter fans, you can bet. Well, that will do it for this week, and back to the show we go. Well, really, there's
0: really no other news worth discussing (laughs) than, than July 21st, 2007.
4: It is just amazing. I mean, when we got that release date, I just, you know, you think, oh, okay, here's a number. And then you start looking at the calendar and then you realize it's only a matter of weeks. Like you said, 24 weeks. And you're like, holy smokes, here it comes. 24 weeks. Whoa! So
0: now a lot of people have been talking about how close this is to the movie. July 13th, 2007, the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter and the Order of the Phoenix film comes out. Which, by the way, speaking of time, if you are at all curious how much longer there's going to be before this book and this film at any given time of any given day you just go to leaky and pick one of three countdowns we've got going on the main page um you can have a countdown for your film you can have a countdown for your book or you can have a countdown for both of them at once it's lovely i gotta say what the hell guys
4: I I just, you know, I don't know. It's just, you know, I mean, it's hard for me to respond sometimes when I keep thinking about all these numbers and and it's coming. And I just, you know, I think it's I I was talking to a lot of people about this and they just had that the word bittersweet. You know, the reaction was Mm -hmm. you go, you're excited, to know, that it's here but at the same time. You're still not. And I still think for me, I'm still I, I don't know if I've processed it yet. I don't know. Does that sound goofy? I don't know.
3: No, I I haven't really processed it for a little bit until I started looking at um, the actual, you know, counting down on to the day. Yeah, on our handy dandy countdowns on Leaky, which is brilliant, John.
4: Wonderful. And
3: (laughs) thought, oh well, and I I looked at it and I've and I got to the part in the script where it says, "What do you want to uh, um, say when it happens?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what's going to happen when it happens?" And then oh. Really start start to think about it, and I hadn't thought about it really up until that moment. It was very strange. What um what does happen?
0: So what does it say? Don't well, don't tell us.
3: That's a big secret.
0: It's a big secret. When the day when the day could arrives, the picture. countdown will change. Oh yeah. geez, okay. Could
3: be a dancing person.
0: <laughs> anyway,
3: yeah. um, could be.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of people have been talking about how close this is to the film, and you know, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. Right. Yes, there is marketing that's going to happen cross but i mean the day that you see a harry a picture of dan radcliffe near a harry potter book is i mean it it isn't it just doesn't exist that's not going to happen there's going to be no there will be no literary stuff tied into the movie officially you know that's not the way this publicity is going to work they've always separated these two to think you know you they joe has been very very specific about all of that what what I did realize would start to happen, though, is when I started reading articles about, about it, how, how this marketing is brilliant, much more brilliant than we ever thought. Every time there's an article written about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, it will say at the bottom, the last Harry Potter book comes out July 21st. Every time there's an article written about right. um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, it will say at the bottom, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth film, comes out July 13th, just eight days before blah, blah, blah. Right it's going to be mentioned conjunction. They will both push each other naturally. Scholastic, yeah. Warner Brothers, they don't have to do a thing and they will cheapen it by doing doing too much over, over cross-promotion. We're not talking about posters and leaflets and uh, that's silly, you know? you know?
4: It's just interesting to me though because there's been a lot of concern that it'll be over you know? I mean, it would just be, you'll just be that whole month of, of July will just be nothing but Potter, which I, like you said, there's a cross, you know, like, you know, mentioning of each, each thing, but I don't, I mean, I agree. I think it'll be two different things. I mean, you're not going to see Mary Grand pray
2: m- morphed
4: no. in with, you know, Hermione. It's just not get your new heart work. It's just not going to be there. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, but you're right. It's going to be, you can't escape it. that The two are intertwined and, and people are all like, well, I mean, it's going to hurt the movie business when the, when the, that no. next weekend, uh-uh. although I mean, oh, no. Do you, do you think it will? Because, I mean, we were talking about this like that next weekend that the movie comes out. I mean, it opens wide July 13th, but then the next weekend the book comes out. Will people go to the movie theater?
0: You know, the next weekend will be hard, I have to say. But then again, there's a huge audience of Harry Potter fans who don't read the books. They just go to the movies. I'm not saying yeah. that's going to make it a number, one best, a number one at the box office because we're all going to be sitting down reading the book. Yeah. But most, the majority of Harry Potter fans don't power through it in 12 hours the way we do. Yeah, that's the true. The majority of Harry Potter fans <laughs> are going to read it over a couple of days and have time to go see a movie at night. Yeah. If they true. really want to. Sure.
3: They'll be all the moon to see it. They'll be like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> hey, the movie's playing. Maybe I'll go see the movie. Take a break from the book. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's actually going to do that. But I don't know either. It's possible. I don't know how. <laughs> I do probably understand. sure it's possible. It's well, it,
0: I don't understand how people can put it down once they open. <laughs> I yeah. don't get it.
3: I am seriously going to. You guys aren't going <laughs> to see me for like a week after that thing comes no. out.
4: Okay, bye. Okay.
3: I'm going to take it in little chunks. Uh-huh. Yeah, seriously.
4: Can, okay. I, can I just anyway, say this? Something else. This is just a uh, kind of a tangent thing, but we had a conversation with some of my friends. Do you think that this means that, like, they're like, oh, this means that Harry's going to live? Because who's going to want to go see a movie after you read a book that Harry dies? So, I
0: don't know. It could, it, could mm. e- it could equally be, oh, this means Harry's going to die because then the people have something else to go see him in after he dies. It'll be uplifting.
4: You know? Oh. So, ha- yeah, oh. I guess that's true, but I don't know. So, Ever the optimist, I guess. Yeah, I seriously.
0: But so watching that movie right after knowing the end of it will be really weird. Yeah. Really yeah. weird. Well, well,
3: reading every other book and every other movie after reading book seven is going to be a whole new experience.
0: Yeah. Oh. Especially
3: as far as Snape's concerned. You're going, to, you're going to question every little acting from Alan Rickman, who apparently knew about all of this. And you're going to just read the character differently in all the other books. Yeah. And book one will be a whole different experience.
0: Well, that brings, three, us, that brings us to the natural question that we've been getting all the time. A lot of people seem to, seem to assume that the end... Of books that book seven comes in, coming out means the end of Pottercast, huh? What?
3: Oh, well, I've really seen no reason I've... why we should keep doing Pottercast. Okay,
0: okay John. Yeah. Okay. Are you kidding? After book seven comes out, there's a whole world of things to go back over, back over, and discuss to discuss, discover what hasn't been answered, discover all the the questions we do have remaining. I mean, there's there's so much Potter left. Not to mention two more movies. Right. So we are around, guys. Leaky will be open. Pottercast will be going. Don't worry yes don't panic because
4: we have gotten some emails and people are already panicked and it's not we're not you know we were talking to that you know i mean the the book release is coming out in the middle of seek this prophecy will just be mad with people going over all the theories and people will be talking all that long and be fabulous and that's what we'll be doing on leaky and Pottercast too i mean john can sit there and say he's not going to be here but he'll be there so don't believe
3: yeah. him <laughs> i'm i'm under contract yeah. i can't go yeah. anywhere
4: yeah
0: well some of the news announcements around all this have been have been pretty funny. I I personally my favorite is the one about that the book is being edited. I mean I love yes. I love me some news around. I love Lizo. But of course the book is being edited. Like, I just of course it is. That's what happens. And I just it just made me realize that a lot of people don't uh-huh know that so here's here's a here's a little rundown what usually happens i'm going i don't have no insider info i'm going from past experience the book arrives and the january 11th date makes sense because Mm -hmm. the book arrives they take about they take about two weeks the editors give it a first read they spot anything glaring that might take longer than usual to fix if there is anything don't know if there is you know um they have all their meetings all the secrecy and they just they discuss plans and they discuss a date Once that's all settled and they do whatever legal and agent things they need to do, Mm -hmm. then the announcement happens. Then it goes into editing. People read it a million times. The American editor and the British editor sit down together. Arthur Levine and Emma from uh, Bloomsbury sit down together. and. Go over what might need to be changed for clarity purposes, and make sure that all the, that all the translations are right. They keep it under the strictest security, so strict they can't even talk about the security measures, much like the Secret Service of the United States. It will be there until yeah. probably about I, th- I think I think it's two months out is when it starts going to print. i um, that could be wrong about that. I think it's about two months out, and then about a month out it starts being delivered all around the world. So that, we're gonna probably gonna get cover art around June. That's what. That's when we got it for Half Blood Prince. Right. Though for though for Order of the Phoenix, we got it in April, and it was a June release date. So one to two months before the book comes out, we'll be getting cover art. And in the meantime, the only updates that about the book that we should believe are if they came from J.K. Rowling's mouth or they're on her website.
4: That's
3: or the leaky cauldron.
4: The leaky cauldron. Yeah. Um,
3: Except for one day a year,
4: which is wet day. Would that be John?
3: Hmm. I do not know, but it could possibly be coming up.
4: Yes, in a few months. (laughs) But but that was a good rundown. That was a really good rundown for people who don't understand the process that is happening. And I think that was really important for people to to understand that, you know, that...
0: And it's been it's been publicly reported before, so there's nothing covert about, right. wha- about all this. The Daily News did an article about um, about how the, the book is kept is kept in a room they call the Chamber of Secrets, and you know yeah. um, that was all in, in newspapers last time around. They really, I mean, there's no bigger security, um, and that that's what makes me wonder about when she signed that bust in the hotel,
4: hotel. Oh, th- we should tell people that is my f- that is my personal my favorite story that we had this last week I mean besides from the release is that Joe was in what wrote the book at a hotel called the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh and she apparently signed a bus which we've just now found out that is Hermes statue and she wrote J.K. Rowling finished Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in room so-and-so on January 11th which I think is cool. Rockstar, You go, Joe. I think it's awesome. Thank, Thank you, God. you. Is I
3: going to go up on eBay anytime soon? No,
4: it is not going up. The hotel is not making the room into like a big shrine either. And Why not? <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, it would be like, you know. Yeah, know. What
3: hotel is this? Are they going to increase the rates for gorgeous. that room? And
4: this Harry, hotel is beautiful. Yeah, a beautiful hotel.
3: Well, you figure Joe's there, for God's sakes. I mean, who can afford to go there? Joe and Trump, Gates, and, like, the Queen or something. That's a very small (laughs) club.
4: um, You know, talking about that hotel, look look how far she's come. I mean, she she wrote as a single mom and struggling in these cafes, and... Look where she finished writing that in this elegant, beautiful, majestic place, and I think that's yeah. just—I mean, she used to
0: run around with Jessica in yeah. the in, in the stroller, waiting for her to fall asleep, so that she can go into a yeah. cafe and write as much as mm-hmm. possible, but while buying as little as possible, so that she could stay right. in the cafe. Like that was right. her life back then, and just and that and that was Harry's beginnings on a train where nobody cared that she was sitting there having the revelation that would make her a billionaire. No, where nobody right. cared. And now people want to know exactly where she finished. And if Harry died, Harry might die- have died in that room. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's, it's a huge, it's huge. It's a moment in literary history. The, the, how far she's come. It is. Oh, and I thought it was as really,
4: I just thought it was really bef- befitting, actually. I mean, that's, that's great. That you know, look at, she's done. So good. Cheers to you, Joe. That just was. Cheers. cheers. Butterbeer Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Johnny, need a mm. beer. a little.
0: The other thing about the announcement, uh-huh. guys, is um, this was a very weird announcement from Joe. Uh, I yeah, have to say, right? Yeah. No games. No secret room. Nothing. Just a little thing on her site. No warning like last time. Nothing. And I have to say, uh, uh, Spidey senses are tingling. Something else is coming. Hmm. Hmm. something's coming i think there's an announcement coming about the plans for the release that's my <gasps> personal possibly because this was too quiet of her there isn't even an emotional note in there and we know that she's very emotional about the end of sure. the series
4: can you imagine what i mean i know everyone's all like instantly said oh we're gonna go straight to edinburgh and well that's where she was for the last two
0: right. releases maybe you know that's where she's written it it's it, it 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 very well of
3: it. yeah <laughs> I don't want to be an end bug anymore. Get me out of here. I <laughs> want to go somewhere else. Like Iceland. Iceland.
1: <laughs> you think Joe's going to go?
3: Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: It'd what be green like, there.
3: What if book seven was like set in like a really Arctic area where like the Horcrux it could be?
0: Iceland is green, she you know? She
3: could release it. In Greenland, where it's icy. Ah, there you go. Ooh, Ooh I'm kind of smart. <laughs> Look at you. Iceland's cooler than Greenland, though, I gotta say. Sorry, all you Greenlanders <laughs> that are listening.
0: The, all three of them hate you. Okay. <laughs> yes.
3: They're all huddled up in that one but, house but that has the internet But go back to that
0: connection. announcement. Don't, don't you? Don't don't you yeah. But don't you feel like it's unfinished? Don't you feel like this is not done?
4: Yeah.
3: Mm, maybe Lightmaker light uh, fell asleep uh, no. with the ball on the job <laughs> drop the ball
4: well I mean <laughs> you know I'm always hopeful though that, I mean because we, we still do have that third wombat maybe there's something coming at the end of the wombat you know maybe we'll see those soon because she said you know another one's coming so
0: just this is yeah. was so quiet yeah. I'm, I'm almost I would bet things on it there's something coming
3: yeah for certainly for certainly maybe she'll say that was a big joke it's coming out in 2009 she could come, no. come, come
4: come do a thing on Pottercast with us. that'd be rocking. Come out, and hang out with
3: us. That's nah. probably what she's <laughs> waiting on, actually. Yeah,
4: yeah, the invite. Oh yeah, we've yeah. got that in the Darn. mail.
3: I mean, we keep forgetting to do it. It was like postmarked a year ago. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
0: Anyway, um, of course, as soon as she made the announcement, within hours, the book had rocketed to the top of the Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. bestseller lists, um, breaking all previous records. Something like five hundred percent of what happened at the day the the Half Blood Prince I know, was announced. It's just an
4: astonishing amount of books. I mean, considering the last time that they had, they, they sold uh, 1.5 million copies of the book pre-orders. So, can you imagine what it is now?
0: I don't. I wonder what the print run is going to be. I'm sure we're going to get an announcement from Scholastic oh, yeah. about it. last time the print run was 10.8 million. I'm guessing it's going to be about 15 million Probably. this time. That's a lot of books. That's my guess. Also in the news this week, Dan and his new bod in the Equus.
3: Dan, Dan has does? a new bod. What's his name?
0: He's been working out.
3: I'll oh. say it. Dan Radcliffe's been. <throat> yes, he Do you think has. he's gonna post his like routine up online somewhere? Like what his what his meals are normally and what exercises he does.
0: I really hope not. I don't think so.
3: That'd be a good exclusive.
0: For who? Men's Health Daily. <laughs> yeah,
3: HarryPotter'sHealth.com.
0: Yeah. Ooh, good name. Uh, no, the, those pictures. I mean, people are freaking out, guys. The the play. This this not a porn. <laughs> Play. We, well, we've discussed this in and out. Equus is when you when you see it, you're going to understand. Equus is
3: most of them won't see it.
0: That, but they're going to hear reports from people who do, and yes. it is a very intense psychological drama. It is impossible, like Dan says, to do it without going full bore at it, doing the whole. Because it's, it's there's a I hate to even call it, but it's a climactic scene, very important scene about what a sexual incident did to, to, to this child so it's so important it's beyond important it is the play he couldn't have done this play justice without without doing this
4: but you know what i give dan a lot of credit i mean he we saw a new interview with him recently and he was very candid about this you know and the and the the poses his being nude doesn't uh, doesn't uh, bother him he's comfortable with it now um and i yeah. give him a lot of credit for that i mean it, and people are like um oh this is not our Harry you know how could he do this well he's also an actor it he's isn't. an actor don't forget that yeah. and this is just choices he's doing with his career and and while we always have him as Harry Potter he can certainly do this and we you know I support him and I think what he does is great and more power to him so go for it sure. huh?
0: though it is going to be a little strange after this well, seeing him chastely kiss a girl in Harry Potter five yeah, you know what that's i mean true. But then again, it will be, you know, if he could pull that off, that just means that he's that much more yeah. of an actor. And I think he's smart yeah. because he's he's heading into very dangerous territory doing all these films, having the Mark Hamill syndrome right. occur. Right. You know? To he's really, not going
3: to be a Mark Hamill. I
0: don't think so either. Because he's doing things like right. this, he won't be.
4: You know, but mm. I will say those photos were very well done. And, I, you know, I can understand why as a parent, you know, maybe you would hesitate to, to look at them but because they were, you know, but. They're just really well done. So good for him.
0: Well, some of the reports you're going to hear about that play will most, almost positively come directly from here, directly from Podcast. Oh. Podcast! The three, the three of us are, are <laughs> trying to head over there at the end of the month. John and I are definitely booked. We're still waiting to hear if Sue can go. Everybody send your good wishes that Sue yes, can go. Please. And, um,
3: Cross your fingers, twist your toes.
0: Yeah, we're going to try and get over there and, and see it and see a bunch of the theater that all, are, that all our yes. Harry Potter stars are in. Maggie Smith is in a show that we're going to miss that. Fiona Shaw is in a show. Jason Isaacs is in, is in a show. Oh, he is? So we're going to try and do I a lot of that. big theater going. <laughs> Aw, Sue.
3: So yeah, lots more Dan yeah. coverage I suppose. And it'll be my first trip to the theater.
0: To the theater so in the U.S.? i X- very
3: excited. Yeah. The theater's in the old uh, The old West End
0: let's go let's go on and hear this this fan interview that i'm 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 sort of terrified of of the editors the podcast editors yeah. talking about oh yes what they do here and all the things that hit the cutting room floor i hope
3: they don't release too many of our mm. secrets
0: you know we really should have made them sign that confidentiality agreement we just sort of yes. forgot
3: and we oh. put everything through an auto tuner to harmonize our voices together That's
0: right oh yeah okay all right
4: sorry
3: because we sound so gorgeous. Then our
0: canning conundrums about what was up with all those people handing Harry notes and half-blood What was
3: prints. up with all the kids doing the things? We'll see you after. All right. Bye-bye.
5: In the fan corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week.
6: Not me. Not Hermione. You. Hello, this is Kimberly Blair, otherwise known as Kimmy Blair, throughout the forums, and I am here with our three lovely podcast editors who are so readily agreed to do an interview for me. We first have Mike Neighbors, Jeff Gregory, and Steve Bonnet, who are responsible for helping bring this podcast to you every week. How are you guys doing today?
5: Pretty good. I'm
7: good. Doing good
6: good to hear now um you guys see a lot of the well not see obviously but hear a lot of the behind the scenes stuff i don't know if you guys want to share some of your favorite experiences that you've had in Pottercast. mike do you want to start off
5: well in general my favorite parts are the wrap up segments those those segments are generally looser than some of the other things that we have to do and we don't really have to worry that much about things being off topic because the entire segment is usually off topic. <laughs> um, just as an example, the the last show that we did, Pottercast 71, when <laughs> Sue got extremely squeeful at the end, I was pretty much in hysterics listening to that thing several times over. <laughs> and just little things like that, just I have a really good time doing that stuff.
6: Uh, so do you ever lose your eardrums? Because you guys edit out the louder end of the squeeing. Do you ever get like unexpectedly? Ah! Or Kind
5: of you know? depends on how loud I've got the headphones.
6: Uh. Now, Jeff, do you have a favorite moment, You favorite experience you want to share with us?
2: I, I would I think that my favorite part was thinking about this is just like the the change in uh, Melissa, John and Sue, just their confidence from the beginning, because listening back, if you go back to the to the like the very first episodes, you know, there's like with Sue, when she does her news, you, you could tell her voice was kind of shaky. It's just it's awesome just listening to the difference between the first episodes and the episodes and what they're doing now. There's just much more confidence and much more free And they're having so much more fun now.
6: Have they gotten a lot sillier also as they've progressed? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve, do you have a favorite experience you want to share with us?
7: Oh, well, I've been working on the show a little longer. I've I've done a lot of the interview segments and, the you know, modcasts and things, but I like the best uh, when we have, you know, the big star interviews, like when Jamie Whalick comes on the show and, and they're there for the whole episode. Those are great because even though they're, they're kind of hard to assemble, they basically sit down with them and they record for, you know, an hour, hour and a half uh, the whole show, but it's not in order. They'll record like stuff that winds up in the middle mm-hmm. and they'll do stuff at the end. That's actually the beginning. And then they do little outtake things with them that we use in front of the show. So those are probably the most fun to do because there's the most creative amount of work to be done on them. You can rearrange the show and you can, you know, write, basically write the middle of the show yourself by just cutting things together.
6: That's really cool. I didn't know you guys did that. I just, Mm -hmm. I do like they taped, you know, they don't always tape the show chronologically, but I didn't realize when they did those interviews like that, you could switch them up a little bit.
7: Yeah. With those, they get off topic, you know, in, in the intro segment. And they start talking about things that are going to come later that are, that would be part of the EE type segments. So
6: mm-hmm.
7: rearrange things into their appropriate pieces and then try and make it sound coherent and not reference things out of order.
6: Now, how long would something like that take approximately?
7: Oh, like a, a complete rearranging one on like mm-hmm. an hour plus yeah. long. It's about three times as long as it is. Wow. So about three to four hours. To get it all rearranged and get the parts cut out that need to be removed. And that's after you've done your little pre-setups where you make sure they're all synchronized. Mm -hmm. So it's a a while, but it's it's worth it to make a good long show out of it. Wow.
6: Now, you guys get to hear the stuff that we don't normally, as podcast listeners, (laughs) get to listen to. The stuff that gets cut out. What is your favorite thing that, you know... Has been cut out that you wish you could put in, but it just wouldn't fit, or it was just way too off-topic. Some of the stuff that didn't make it into the the part at the end. Outtakes. Yeah, that that's the word <laughs> I'm looking for. Thank you, uh, Mike. Do you have a favorite part that just made you like hysterically laugh? You didn't ever make it in.
5: Oh, definitely the the stuff that I like the most is when a fire engine goes by or someone's cell phone <laughs> rings. <laughs> And then there's all kinds of cursing it it <laughs> it anyone that's listened to lose the tone knows what can happen, and mm-hmm. um <laughs> that stuff just puts me on the floor,
6: like the heaters that go off and exactly ah uh, now do they ever try to cover it up, or are they just full steam just <laughs> ah, like yell
5: <laughs> No, I don't think they try to cover it up very much, <laughs> not at all no.
6: Jeff, do you have a favorite story for us? <laughs>
2: Basically,
5: yeah, you know, just the same type of
2: stuff that it happens every week. There's always something like that, that, you know, Melissa's phone's always going off like every other week, pretty much. A lot of that stuff ends up in the outtakes, the stuff that we can put in. There's a lot of, there's a few times when John will get a little inappropriate that we can't put <laughs> oh, we no. can't even put it in the what? outtakes either. So
6: That would never happen.
2: Those parts are funny. We just can't
5: air those parts. But yeah. That's why it's good to be an editor.
7: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes,
6: Steve, so do you have a good story for us?
7: Oh, not really a story. But when those things happen, they break out of the show and they, they leave notes for us. They'll talk to us and say, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, we're sorry yeah. that this is a problem.
6: <laughs> do they ever leave notes like, please edit this part out?
7: Oh, yes. Oh, Melissa yeah. does that all the time.
6: <laughs>
2: And it usually has something to do with John.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Edit that out.
6: And I kind of wish I could get my hands on uh, some of these before tapes. Okay, now, I don't know if one of you just kind of wants to talk through the process of editing every week. Just what you use, um, what tool you take, approximately how long it takes, some tips you have for other people who edit podcasts out there.
5: Well... Anyone, anyone?
6: Bueller? Lee Bueller. Okay, because I could talk about it seeing as I'm editing this episode this week, but <laughs> I don't think that would really get as much help. Well, I guess what is the number one problem you see in files? Do you see a lot of background noise you have to correct out? or
5: That's probably my biggest issue with what we've got to do. Every once in a while, there's there's weird sync um, dropout recording problems, but for the most part, it's just background noise.
7: Yeah. Background noise, people's cell phones syncing in with those little tick noises you hear occasionally. And yeah, tracks like to go out of sync. People will drop a few seconds here and there and the files will be different lengths and you have to figure out where that happened.
6: Now, do you guys have a favorite segment you like to edit? One that kind of goes easier?
7: Segments with fewer files.
6: So fan interviews happen to be your favorite, huh? So
5: fan interviews would be really high on the list. Yes.
6: Plus you guys get to listen to me talk for a while. So that's always a highlight. (laughs) I'm sure. Okay. Um, and what program is it that you guys use usually? Do you use all the same one or different ones? Or
5: I'm sure we all three use
7: different
2: stuff. I use a combination of Sony SoundForge
6: and
7: Sony Vegas. I also use a combination of SoundForge and Vegas, so I guess we don't use that much different stuff. Well,
5: I use different
7: stuff.
6: <laughs> Such as? I
7: usually use Nero
5: Wave Editor to do noise reduction and a few other things. And for mixing, I use a program called Sonar.
6: Now, is there anything else you guys want to share with us today? Is this your guys' one time to talk to the (laughs) listeners?
5: I would just say that doing this is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And while we don't get a whole lot of recognition for doing it, I don't really care about that. (laughs) I I don't do it because I expect to become a famous podcast editor. I do it because (laughs) it's a lot of fun editing a, a Canon Conundrum segment. I learn stuff just by, you know, being involved in that and, and it's just a ton of fun for me.
6: Maybe a good question to ask would be, how did you guys all, are you guys new to the Harry Potter fandom? You guys been around for a while?
5: I got started at movie one and got instantly hooked and have been insane about it ever since.
2: I got started after movie three came out. Pretty much the same thing. Been crazy. Crazy. Since then. So,
7: yeah, I was a, I was a movie fan from the beginning, but I didn't really start reading the books until just before the POA movie came out. And then I read all of them all at once.
6: And did you guys brag about how you are podcast editors, podcast editors to your friends?
7: Oh, of course. Most
5: of them have no concept of what that means. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What's a podcast?
6: (laughs) Now, do any of you guys have like technical jobs where you kind of use this stuff at work or is this just stuff you do on the side for fun?
2: I do a lot of this at work since I work with kids and I do a lot of theater tech stuff. There's a a lot of times through the year that I have to edit songs together, put sound effects together. So I do a lot of that at work.
5: I don't do that at work anymore, although I used to work in radio and I used to be a production person making commercials and as a DJ. But I just do this for fun at this
7: point. Yeah. And I'm just a computer technician. So I have all the hardware and stuff and I've been using the software and things since high school when I got into it. So I just been picking it up and when way back in episode nine, I think it was when John said, Hey, if anyone knows how to edit, please send me an email. I was like, sure. I'll, I could try to do that. <laughs> I've sort of did that a few years ago.
6: Now, Jeff and Mike, how long have you guys been editing?
5: I don't remember what show I came in on. I'm thinking it was around in the th- high twenties. 26 or 27.
2: I know I responded to, to John's request. I don't know, 16, 17, 18, someplace in there.
6: Wow. Okay. Any last thoughts you guys have? Any other notes you got, Jeff, on your piece of paper? <laughs> other than how much you love Chloe? No. No. <laughs>
5: well, that's right. We're supposed to say that, aren't we?
2: <sighs> Chloe is awesome. Chloe rocks. She keeps us in line. I wouldn't know what to do if she wasn't around.
6: Did she send that to you?
7: (laughs) Yes, my phone wouldn't ring half as much. (laughs) Nor would mine. (laughs) Mine too. Uh,
6: Okay, well, thank you for joining us. Once again, this is Kimmy Blair, and I'm here with Mike Neighbors, Jeff Gregory, and Steve Bonnet, our three podcast editors. Bye, guys.
7: Well, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.
6: Can't wait to hear what you edit this to. Talk to you later. Bye.
7: Bye. Cheers.
5: It's time for Canon Conundrums featuring Steve Vander Ark from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon.
7: Who could possibly figure that out?
0: Welcome to another Canon Conundrums. Um, canon we-
7: Conundrum.
8: Thank
0: you. Is that that's not John?
8: Yeah. Who's that's that? That's my- Who's the best John? we can do this week?
0: <laughs> We've got a bit of a different Canon Conundrum crew here. I'm Melissa. I'm here with Jason and the lovely Doris and the lovely Sue. John and Steve were so excited by the release date coming out. They're <laughs> out, they're out in a bar somewhere.
8: That's right.
0: Be, <laughs> Probably are. between Florida and, and where Steve lives, which is Michigan. like Michigan, right? We have a very interesting topic this week. It's why mm. it's something that if you if you stop and think about it, you didn't even realize it was a thing. But once you think about it, you go, huh? Yeah. Um, and Half Blood Prince. Whenever Harry has a lesson with Dumbledore, he's approached by a student with a note. And it's weird. And we want to know why. Why these particular people gave him these notes in this way.
8: Would it be worth it just to go through (laughs) the five really (laughs) quick? Well, the first note he gets is from a kid named Jack Sloper. And this is when Dumbledore is calling him to look at the memory of the Gaunt's house. And Jack Sloper is, he's like a, he's a Quidditch player, Gryffindor.
0: Yeah, he's a Gryffindor beater from the fifth year.
8: Okay, so the second one, the second note is delivered by Ginny Weasley. Third note is delivered by Hermione. Um, She doesn't even say anything. She just takes it out of her pocket when they're returning from, I think, from the holidays or something. And she just hands it to him. Fourth one is delivered by Luna Lovegood. And that was when they watched the memory of young or slightly older Tom Riddle with Hepzibah Smith. And some other things. And then um, the fifth note is delivered by a kid named Jimmy Peaks, who is also a Quidditch player, another beater. And I think he's also a Gryffindor.
0: You know, what's interesting about all these these people is that when they hand Harry the note, they never say where they got it from or who it's from or anything about it. Just here's a note for you.
8: Every time it's either they just hand it to him mutely or they say, I was told to give you this or I'm supposed to give you this. They don't say who gave it to them. There's no indication of, you know, any Dumbledore interaction. It's always Harry who looks at it and says, you know, oh, he recognizes the handwriting or he sees the signature and realizes that it's another call to a lesson.
1: So are, are we wondering if Dumbledore even gave them the notes or?
8: Well, there's a lot of things to wonder. Yeah, I guess that could be. I mean, and if so, how did he get them to these students and why <laughs>
1: there there's so many things to start with you know how would how would Dumbledore yeah. normally have gotten the notes to Harry? I mean, what would have been thing Hedwig or
0: well, a reader in the lounge um I think I think it's Fire Phoenix says that up until book six, every one of Harry's messages at Hogwarts is delivered mm-hmm. to him by Hedwig now, if you're Dumbledore and you have every method available to you in Hogwarts of telling. Harry, think about all the different ways that Dumbledore could conjure. Why this way?
8: Right. He's got all the ghosts. He's got, you know, teachers.
1: What makes me wonder is, is, you know, normally I would think Hedwig would be the the way it would happen. So where was Hedwig? Why, why didn't she do it? And then is it these specific right. students for a reason, like Jenny, Hermione, Luna? Okay, I can see them delivering messages, but the other two guys... You know, Jack and Jimmy, we don't really know a lot about them. They're kind of, it reminds Mm -hmm. me of one of those things like the name Serious Black. You hear it and it seems like it's just a name. And then later on, it's a huge deal. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe not.
8: And people were, I mean, full disclosure, probably everything I say will not be an original thought because this, I read like several pages of this thread and it was just fascinating and Mm -hmm. brilliant ideas in there. But if you look at the names of those two guys, you know, they both sort of have this sort of, feel of like landscape and like mountains or hills or something and i don't know it just seems very (laughs) coincidental and i think a question could be asked obviously the the question why did dumbledore choose to deliver his notes this way but you know also why did you know maybe the question is more why did joe write it this way is there some symbolism here or some clue here That she's trying to deliver.
4: That's a good point, Jason. And this, you're all going to just kill me and hate me, but I'm just (laughs) going to say this. I know. I'm going to be just like the big wet blanket here. You know, see, I really, I don't think that there's so much a mystery here. I personally thought that this was just a literary device of Joe Mm -hmm. to introduce the characters, just to show that Harry has some sort of interaction with the student body. I just thought it was purely uh, on that surface attempt uh-huh. um, to, 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 to show that he has this interaction and that there's a trust, an, an inherent trust among the Gryffindor family or a house or whatever you were. Right. I mean even though it's Luna Luna's one of them too, right? Right. But, yeah, um, she's just, the only that,
8: non-Gryffindor.
4: And that 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 Harry is respected and trusted and I just thought it was just a way to establish that she's subtly showing how Harry is becoming this mm-hmm. a leader and so for for me this was just purely another way to show the rise of Harry's character among the students.
8: And, I, I mean it, it does seem like it's deliberate and and maybe if that's the case maybe that's Dumbledore's intention. Maybe he's, yeah. you know, wants I don't know to somehow involve these people in Harry's lessons, or you know, somehow, like, however obliquely, in you know what's going on between the two of them. Well,
1: it's a good way to strengthen the relationship between Harry right. and and other characters that we don't see as much to show that there's that that bond with him. If they all have to unite to fight this together, you know, going back to the Sorting Hat song, then maybe you know he's going to have to pull on more Gryffindor help than just the usual trio, and and. The other guys that are in there helping him in Dumbledore's army.
0: Okay, here's something though. I'm say I'm 16, right? A millennia right. ago, you <laughs> you get a note. It sort of feels like sometimes you get a note, and whether or not it's from Dumbledore, absolutely. But if it's from your person who sits next to you in English, the first thing you want to do is open that note. Yeah. So not only yeah. do they come to him with no none of them obviously Hermione or Ginny would respect it you know Luna would respect it Jack Sloper and Jimmy Peaks maybe not so they yeah. come they come to him with no knowledge of what's apparently no knowledge of what's in mm. it no knowledge of who gave it to him whether mm. Dumbledore or whether it just appeared in their bed I think they're under a spell mm. I think it's like a contract
8: it does kind of have that feel about it there's it just seems too fishy like why none of them say. Dumbledore told me to give you this or say wh- how they got it, it's weird. I think you yeah. might be right. Dumbledore but why?
0: Could wave a- exactly. Like, Dumbledore yeah. could wave a wand and have the note appear in Harry's bag. There's no reason yeah.
4: to have these intermediaries. Well, but, you know, we're, we're, we are we're we don't know where Dumbledore is when he gives these notes. I mean, we were talking about yeah. where Hedwig was. So, I mean, he wouldn't send her if he's just upstairs in his office, would he? I mean, do they normally send owls swooping all the time or is they just come at mail time, right?
8: Did Hagrid send Harry and owl? Al- a note by all one time. Yeah, but he when, lives
4: across the ground.
8: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you
4: know, <laughs> yeah. but
8: yeah, no, it's a good point, Sue. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if Dumbledore is in Hogwarts at the time, or right. You know, if he's, I don't. Know. He was
4: out and about on the Horcrux yeah. hunt. Well, I, had, and McGonagall couldn't have given it to him right because she didn't know a lot about what was going on. Right? Is that right? She didn't. Know I gu- yeah, I, I
0: guess McGonagall yeah. would have read it as well, and he didn't want her. to he know, maybe yeah. because students, you can put this spell on students, whereas. McGonagall might be a little harder and she might try and find out what's in it. I don't know.
8: One thing that people mentioned was that just the fact that, you know, if it was, you know, just Dumbledore trying to be subtle about it and not call attention to these things, that these were all people who would have reason to talk to Harry. It doesn't really address the fact that they're kind of weird about it and don't talk about where they got the note, but you know, just the the fact of why these Five, you know, maybe yeah, to, it's better than,
1: suspicion, so than then Dumbledore watching.
8: coming up and handing it to him or something. That's true. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, let's look at what what lesson was what. Jack Sloper gave him the note that resulted in the lesson uh, that was going back to the memory of the Gaunt's house. It was mm-hmm. about the ring. Ginny mm-hmm. gave him the note, interestingly, about the lesson that involved the diary. Right. Um. Right. Hermione gave him the note that was the lesson that involved the locket. It's the first mention of Horcruxes. Luna gives him the note that results in a lesson about Lord Voldemort's requests the memory of Hepsiba and Hoki. Now, that's interesting because that's the lesson where they talk about the different items mm-hmm. that he thinks that that uh, Voldemort has acquired, interestingly, one of Ravenclaw's. So, again, Luna might, you know, if this has anything to do with each other. The fifth lesson actually he didn't get a note for, that was right. that was the the Slughorn memory
8: of the horn. He went boxes. up there, yeah, right after he got the memory. Mm -hmm. He went straight to Dumbledore's office.
0: And Jimmy Peaks gives him a lesson that has to do with the cup. Now, if you, one of the readers, I think it was Tower Dweller, I'm not sure. One of the readers in our lounge put these all together and figured that each of these lessons corresponds to an existing Horcrux. The one without a a, a note would have then had to have been Nagini. So Jack Sloper is about the ring. Ginny Weasley is about the diary. Hermione Granger is about the locket. Luna Lovegood is the item of Ravenclaw, though it doesn't totally line up because you still have the item of Gryffindor and the diary isn't really in existence anymore, you know, but it's still
4: interesting.
8: Yeah, it's very interesting.
4: Yeah. Wow. This goes back to me, though, that she's just using this as another symbolic literary device. I don't, you know, I mean, it's just, that's so clever, though. I didn't realize about the the cards. That's just, or the the Horcruxes, I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. God, if she just puts that kind of thought I in know. that little little yeah. obscure detail, geez. Wow. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Man-girl moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's... Well, another person mentioned that every single one of these people is only connected through
8: Quidditch.
1: Um, except except for Hermione. Hermione. It, well, and Hermione. And Hermione. Yeah. yeah.
8: Luna doesn't play, but she oh. commentated.
1: She commentated. That commentary is yeah. the best. I love that. <laughs>
0: I think it's my favorite part of the sixth book.
8: But yeah, entirely. two of them are really only, you know, as far as we know only connected to Harry through Quidditch like they don't really come well, in the books. Grythindor. Yeah, that's they true. They are in the same house. Yeah. You don't want to let it go because it doesn't it seems like it can't be just accidental, but it's so hard to figure out, you know, what it could mean. Is she just playing with symbols? Is she giving clues? Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what else I am kind of noticing looking at this list, the one person that I would have thought would have been in there that would deliver him a message would have been Ron. Yeah. So maybe, you know, why isn't he delivering a message if it's Jenny and it's Hermione and it's Luna, Ron should be in there. It just seems right that he is, but he doesn't. Ron was pretty
8: messed up for most of this book. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That or he's always with Harry. Yeah. You know?
8: I I think, yeah, because I I think the only reason that Hermione, I mean, she probably would have been the same. like But there was just that one time when she was at Hogwarts before Ron and Harry got back and... Because otherwise, she might have been in the same position, been like too much with Harry to actually be able to give him a note. But it is interesting. Like, how did she get the note? Like, if she got it from Dumbledore, what was she doing with Dumbledore? She only got there a few hours before they did. You know, and why
1: didn't she go up to him and say, "Dumbledore?" Yeah, Yeah, she's Dumbledore. Yeah,
8: I want to read that one actually because that one really just seemed kind of odd. Like Harry is talking about, oh, I guess she does say, "I've got something for you, Harry," and then they they continue to talk a little more. And then she rummages in her pocket for a moment, then pulled out a scroll of parchment with Dumbledore's writing on it. And she doesn't say anything. And then Harry says, you know, oh, OK, I've got another lesson. <laughs> doesn't that seem un ish Like she doesn't say what it is beforehand. She doesn't say, I was talking to Dumbledore about my studies and he told me to give you this. So.
0: Yeah, I know. She Nobody asks Hermione you know where did you get it from and it is unlike hermione hermione tells them all about everything she did while they weren't there she didn't say oh you know i ran across dumbledore he's looking different he's looking worried he you know that's
4: that's hermione she's a little chatty That's that's a very good point wow you know, that's the thing about when we do these conundrums. You know, a lot of times we go into it and you know, you have your mind made up. I'm like, okay, this is just this. And then I think, whoa. And I hear you guys talking. I'm like, whoa. So it's just amazing.
8: Yeah.
1: I would have never thought that. You know,
8: <laughs> I don't know we're going to get anywhere with this. It's, it's <laughs> just oh,
1: yeah. so yeah. vague. It's people we but- are like, okay, let's go. <laughs> but it's, it's. Well, and there's so much to it. Like, why yeah. isn't why isn't the, right. um, Hedwig there and, and Sloper and Peaks? they're right. You know, they don't really fit into the equation at all, really, yeah. but they're there.
8: I really liked the what people were saying. I mean, it started to get into some tarot stuff that I didn't really understand.
1: Me neither. The, the, I sort of
0: skimmed the, when it got to the tarot yeah. stuff.
8: But I mean, they're talking about how. I mean, actually, in the in the memory of the lesson that is that comes about from the note that Sloper gives the very first one. But there's twice like a mention of sloping, sloping or something sloping or slopes
0: in the landscape.
8: Yeah, in the landscape. Yeah, where there, I think this is the one where he's following that. That guy who's going to investigate the and if you gaunts. think
1: of a peak and a slope, I mean they're kind of almost opposite. So the peak goes is the top, and the slope is what comes down. It's J.K. Rowling notation for the the traditional storyline arc. That's what it is, people. Yeah, <laughs>
0: up to the climax of the book. I
8: it's think she's just dark. playing yeah. with us. <laughs>
0: I mean, seriously, I can't. I mean, I would go with. Uh, on one hand, I think we're sort of overthinking, and it's just easy because there are people around, and this is just the easiest way to have interaction. Like what Sue said. On the other hand, none of them said were Gave this to me. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. straight. Five people. They
8: seem like robotic until like uh-huh. the note is out of their hand. And Then okay, now like I can go about my business. Sort of. Maybe
0: the, right. Maybe they're under instructions to do nothing but give that note to Harry the first second you see him. Yeah. So that Dumbledore yeah. is sure it will get to him.
6: Huh.
1: But why wouldn't he just have? You know, if he wanted to make sure it got to him, it just seems to me like if I could magically just say, right. "Here's a note," right. I would it to just Harry. do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. I, I, it just seems so easy. Why would he? Have somebody hand deliver it, so that that seems kind of odd, and, and it almost ma- makes me wonder if somebody's watching what they're doing, or if he realizes somebody's watching what they're doing. Or is there like a yeah. trace
0: on magic around Harry? There's magic that's directed directly to him track,
4: yeah, be, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah,
4: yeah. You know, diverting attention to Voldemort. He knows Voldemort is is obviously watching Harry and the mind this thing and stuff, so. I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting point about protect using the magic as a protection kind of thing.
0: You no, know, because then the magic is on the person, right, and not the note. Harry just got a note, you know. Right.
4: But wouldn't that serve though to to deflect the attention off of Harry, like saying that this there's something going on or somehow? I don't know. Maybe I don't know what. I don't know. Okay, maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess too, Sometimes you
0: just sort of like talk yourself out of your thought it's so it's adorable
1: (laughs) it goes around in the circle it's it's so
0: cute
1: yeah anybody got any definitive thoughts my thought and i thought this when i first read it is that this is this is joe's way of showing us that harry has these connections that we haven't heard about you know there are other students there are other friends it's not just the people we hear about all the time but there are these other guys and maybe they'll be important later and do something later that we you know can't even foresee because we don't know what's coming but it's just a good way to show that Harry is one of those guys that everybody wants to be around or get to know, or, you know, and he has a lot of allies that we don't know about. Mm
8: -hmm. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Jason, what does the first passage say when Jack Sloper gives him the note?
8: They're talking about their defense against the dark arts lesson with Snape, and Hermione says that she thought Snape sounded a little bit like Harry when he was kind of getting so intense about everything. Let's see... She says, yes, when you were telling us what it's like to face Voldemort, you said it was, wasn't was just memorizing a bunch of spells. You said it was just you and your brains and your guts. Well, wasn't that what Snape was saying? That it really comes down to being brave and quick thinking? Harry was so disarmed that she had thought his words as well worth memorizing as a standard book of spells that he did not argue. Harry, hey, Harry. Harry looked around. Jack Sloper, one of the beaters on last year's Gryffindor Quidditch team, was hurrying towards him, holding a roll of parchment. For you, panted Sloper. And then he just goes on and starts talking about Quidditch. Listen, I've heard you're the new captain. When are you holding trials? Huh. Yeah.
0: It sounds like he's making a beeline for him.
8: Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> just sort of like, <laughs> I, I picture him almost like his arm, like straight out holding this thing, just like, <laughs> <"N-n-n-n-> take this.
0: <laughs> and now I can talk about Quidditch.
8: Yeah, exactly. So
0: what's Ginny's?
8: Let's see, they're talking about, he's he's talking with Ron and Hermione, as usual, and then a distraction arrived in the shape of Ginny. Hey, Harry, I'm supposed to give you this. It was a scroll of parchment with Harry's name written upon it in a familiar, thin, slanting writing. Thanks, Ginny. It's Dumbledore's next lesson. And then they just start talking about something else again.
0: Nothing about what she she says next?
8: No, she just says, hey, Harry, I'm supposed to give you this. Since it's two hey, Harry's. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The third one is Hermione, and she doesn't even say anything. Well, she does say earlier that she has something for him. Then she rummages around and just hands it to him. Fourth one is Luna, who says, I've been told to give you this, after like giving Ron a bunch of weird things from her pockets. (laughs) 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 And the fifth one, Jimmy Peaks, I don't think he says anything. Harry was shaken from these bitter reflections by the appearance at his side of Jimmy Peaks, who was holding out a scroll of parchment. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey, it's from Dumbledore, and I guess Jimmy just disappeared.
4: So that would be technically a walk-on part in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not like these people were going to up to Harry anyway.
0: At least, in at least, at least Jimmy Peaks didn't seem to have any other reason. Whereas yeah. Jack Sloper did, Ginny did, Hermione did.
8: I guess they, yeah. But I like it. Doesn't seem like they. I wonder if they were already going to him, or if they only. I mean, obviously Hermione, because they always seek each other out. But you know, the other ones. It seemed like well, they just since they were there they. Might have talked about something else, but
0: like maybe it happened right then. And then they felt that they had a note and, and were like,
8: Oh, oh maybe. Must yeah. find
0: Harry. <laughs> you know?
8: I can kind of see that it, it seems so weird and sort of unnecessary, but it does sort of have that feel that sort of aura that something weird and magical is happening to them. <laughs> do we have to do the final thoughts on this one?
0: Uh, you know, there's a poll. If we don't do final thoughts, we can't do right. the poll.
6: Yeah. But.
8: I'll try. I think that Dumbledore, I don't know how he got these notes to these kids. Maybe it's magic. Maybe he just handed them to them. But I think he's trying to make Harry aware of the other people around him that are his friends, that are his allies, that he can count on both those really close to him like Hermione and those just kind of, you know, on the fringes of his awareness, like his Quidditch Player friends.
1: Yeah, I, I agree I, with that. I just really think it's it's our way of finding out that Harry has a lot of friends that aren't the same people that we hear about a lot. More people than just Dumbledore's army, but that he has a whole group of of students who will be able to help him out in the next book.
4: What do you think, Sue? So? I agree with that. I just I just think it's purely a literary device by Joe to establish Harry is as you know, not a a popular character among all of his classmates. Not like, you know, just the regular, as you said, his regular Dumbledore's army, but it's also to just establish his popularity and his leadership role Uh in the next book. So
8: it's more about joe writing it that way than dumbledore doing it that way
4: yeah yes i think it is clearly joe's tactic not not uh, uh, a device on dumbledore's part.
8: okay that's what i think
4: i'm just too much i am too much of a conspiracy theorist
0: that's why yeah. these books appealed to me in the first place that <laughs> that you know there's mad plot always going on and i just think it's it's too weird oh, that nobody no, seems no. to know oh, yeah no. it's just too strange <laughs> that nobody seems to know why or who or what I think it's a safety precaution of some sort and that they're under a spell and it's some way of protecting Harry or protecting him from being conspicuous. You know and that it's 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 protected. They can't read what's yeah. in it.
8: I just wonder like if that's true like will this, she even ever tell us like well I know. Like how will that be <laughs> revealed?
0: Hey Harry, remember last year when you <laughs> Yeah. Were notes? exactly. Oh, that's the key to everything. Like you know, I, I don't know. It could I wonder maybe one he'll articles.
8: like ask one of them about. Remember how you delivered that note to me from Dumbledore, and they'll be like, they'll be "What?" Like
0: what? Yeah, exactly.
8: Delivered who? What?
0: <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs>
8: but I don't know what possible thing that could lead him to. But you know, maybe maybe, ha- maybe
0: Harry telling Ginny about the Horcrux. Well, no, Ginny knows about the Horcruxes, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I telling so. Luna about the Horcruxes.
8: Yeah, maybe Luna will be like, "Well, of course, the one of the Horcruxes is the you know." Brazilian dinky donk thing, <laughs> <laughs> <The Brazilian laughs> and she'll lead him right rock. to it. Yeah, oh gosh, it's well known in my circle that
4: <laughs> well, we can put that in the list of 10,012 questions we have for Joe. That's right, yeah, seriously. Yeah.
0: yeah, all right. Well, I think that about does it for this week's Canon Conundrums. We have, yeah, a, we have about oh god, about 24 weeks of Canon Conundrums before wow, before that's there's going still- wow, right? to Yeah, oh, wow. I know. <laughs> I can't take mm. it. <laughs> anyway, what, what will we do with canon conundrums after the book comes out, I think there'll still be conundrums to talk about. We just yeah. won't be, ever be promised an answer. Right. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
8: Well. It'd be fun to go I, back I and never. see, like, look at the old canon conundrums and see...
4: That's you know which do. ones
8: did get answered, how close you were, etc. We'll do Oh man.
4: I can just yeah. tell you mine, not even <laughs>
3: close,
4: right now.
3: Watch nah. Sue's
4: all blank on mine. Watch oh. Sue's down the line are just completely
0: all on the money. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, no I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. This is all <laughs> going to be about Hufflepuff in the end. That's right. Yes. <laughs> all roads lead to Hufflepuff, baby. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> on that note,
8: all right, we'll see you on guys with later. the show.
0: On with the show. we out. Oh. Twenty-three weeks, seven, six days, and twenty-three hours away from oh. Voldemort. Voldemort biting it. I gotta tell you, I'm excited Voldemort's for that. Voldemort's
3: outside.
0: We have a big twenty-four weeks coming, and plans for that on the way. The discussion on religion is still coming. Just the release date threw us all for a loop. So it's gonna be of,
3: huge. Yeah.
0: So with the release date coming out, our blog challenge sort of bit the yeah. dust.
7: Aww. Um, oh.
0: But we thank you. We will put up we haven't really had a chance because we've been so busy to look through them but we'll look through more and and what do you guys think this week's blog challenge should be?
3: Mm. Where are you pre-ordering the book? That's a boring blog challenge. <laughs> are you going to be reading the book?
4: Are you John. going to be reading the book? They're going to say
3: How long do you no think it will take you to read the book and why?
0: Okay, that's it. How long do you think it will take you to read Deathly Hallows and why? Blog about it say it was on Pottercast put up a link we're gonna yes. be looking
3: I'll be looking at all of them and reading them aloud to Sue <laughs>
4: oh lullabies from John thank you
3: keep your keep your oh. phone nearby Sue I got a lot of blogs <laughs> You're
4: breaking up
0: John I can another you. note Right, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> on another note this is also part of our blog challenge if you friend us on MySpace uh, add us to your top friends and let us know that you've done Ooh. so we'll give you a handy dandy little shout out right here so let's start this week's shout outs are from Mary, Zane, Bree Mindy, Hedwig June Shard, Tom Stizo Julie, Katie, Ooh. Daniel Mario, Rick Day X Mokina, oh get it Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> De Ex Machina. That's really funny, actually. Muchka? Yeah. Looming uh, the Dark Hokage.
3: Harry Rickards, Serenity Rose, Barbara Molini, The Leg. Amber, Rebecca, Sarah, K. Jukebox Podcast, Dixie Princess, J Leg, A N J A L I, Debbie, Heather, Sandra, Steven, Jillian Weasley, 15, Zoe, Zoe, Brittany, Robin, Alex, two X's, the Hulls, Kayla, Layla, and Harry Potter fan, one, two, three, and Sasha. So, I'm looking forward to our little trip, guys. Yes, our little trip, our little trip. I'm, I'm actually going to sail over there.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I
3: cannot <laughs> afford so the plane ticket England. this time, <laughs> so the, yeah. I figure sailing would be much less expensive.
4: I want to do that though one day. I want to take that like what is it called the Queen Does, Mary or whatever. Anybody Does anybody ever Pope do that? Ship. I don't know. That's a Icanic? long I time. So. I don't
0: know. For that money that it would cost for that trip, I would rather take a, like a get a nice ticket like a first
4: class. You know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll take a train ride go on a around Europe.
4: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
3: What if they had like a go Harry Potter, Potter train cruise. ride that'd that went like right past had, Joe's front yard?
4: You know,
0: when I went to Edinburgh last time, um, I took I took a I took a flight from London to. Scotland but I had two friends with me and they took they took the train they took the train right up into the Scottish you know and they said it was it was amazing they felt like they were you know on the way to Hogwarts it was cool (laughs) I just I just have this this such funny visual of
3: a train traveling right by Joe's house and everybody waving and Joe lifting her head up from pulling weeds or something or trimming the flowers he's just waving like it happens every day wouldn't that be a great way to finish your ears it would just be awesome
4: the official <laughs> well,
3: she like waves to a little notepad go in the air maybe I'm writing something she says she says yeah
4: every day at 10 o'clock she goes out and waves
3: at the train that yes. goes by <laughs> exactly some days when she's feeling ornery she moons the train
0: <laughs> okay before this conversation goes anywhere else just go Yo, you're wasting time I'm leaving I don't know about you guys
3: oh.
2: you can
0: stay if you want I'm getting out of dodge
3: Okay.
4: Do you imagine you us a good name, name with me? <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs>
0: Bye. <laughs> Bye everyone.
3: Is free. Oh, and about time to
8: We've
5: missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed.
3: Great Scott, no wonder, look at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky. How oh, the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>
4: So you can't call it the uck, though, when you go over there. You can't say, I'm in the uck.
3: I'm going to ask everybody. be like, where exactly in the uck am I at this very moment?
4: <laughs> They'll be like, get out of our country. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it.
3: At which point <laughs> they right. punch me in the face. Be like, oh, I our know. Podcast
4: comes to England. We cause <laughs> international downtown. incidents. Headlines are reported sex. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know.
0: Okay. 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 I'm going to walk on the wrong
3: side of the road and just confuse everybody. <laughs>
0: No. you're gonna you're gonna be confused really when you get hit by a car
3: well that won't be my fault yeah you have to yield to me all you right you have to yield to pedestrians i in the really arc?
0: hope so wish us luck everyone oh, oh, i just wish
4: just wish,
3: wish. Like Borat chasing <laughs> buses.
4: thank you for thank you for trying to cover uh, for my y- yet another blundering of the word edinburgh oh dude. oh my god wow. shoot me yeah, now I, shoot uh, me now uh,
3: <laughs> I'll just draw all the attention towards my oh, Edinburgh. Oh,
4: no. The Edinburgh. Editors, please, if there's a also way valiant. to cut that out, somehow me slaughtering that word, save save me, Jeff, Mike, and J.M. and this. No. Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael.
3: I'm calling him Michael from now I on. Jeff, calling him Michael. Michael.
4: I, just, I did
0: it to Chris Rankin, and he almost killed me. He's like, don't call me Christopher. I said, okay. Actually, they didn't ever.
3: call him like Merv or Merv. something. <laughs> Merv. That would have really pissed him off.
4: (laughs) It's Merv, his evil twin. (laughs) I'm Carol.